Hello and welcome to episode 20 of series 4 of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. This is the show for employee engagers and internal communicators who like to keep up to date with all that is new in our profession. My name's Craig Smith from the Big Picture People. Well, here's a thing we don't do that often on the uh, the Engaging Internal Comms po- podcast. This is a first. It's the first time I've done a bonus episode like this. Um, you may remember a few weeks ago on the podcast, I made an offer that was passed on my on my behalf from Unily. Unily uh, gave us a discount code for their conference, Unite 23, which we put on the show. Uh, and I think a few of our listeners took took up that offer and uh, and were able to, to, to benefit from it. Uh, I said at the time I was going to come along to the conference myself and the plan was just to record a few little bits of clips here and there and drop them into a normal show. Um, There was actually so much to talk about that actually I decided, well, it's probably too much to cram into a normal interview episode and uh, may make it just a little bit too long. So I thought it was was good enough, hopefully good enough to, to make a dedicated episode in and of itself. So that's what we've got here for you. It's a uh, a kind of video, or sorry, a video, an audio diary of my time at the um, Unite 23 Employee Experience Conference set up by Unily on the 13th and 14th of September 2023. Uh, I'll tell you all about it as we go along. Some great keynote speakers, met some really interesting people, tried to grab a few moments with all of them. Uh, and that's what we've got in this particular episode. So as I say, not the usual interview episode, just a bit of a bit of a compilation of thoughts reflections from the unite 23 conference so here I am at the Unite 23 conference in London. It's the 13th of September. I've just found a little uh, booth, actually, which is quite handy, where I can get away from the noise. Very noisy, very, very busy. The event's sold out. I'm just about to go into the first keynote, which is Stephen Fry, actor and general celebrity. He's going to be speaking in a few moments. So, uh, yeah, this is an employee engagement conference, as I say, sponsored by Unily, Unite 23. I'm going to keep an audio diary throughout today. Uh, if I can, I'll grab, jump into a few of these booths throughout the day if I can get a quiet corner. But I'm also going to try and interview a few of the guests, some of the panelists, some of the keynote speakers. I don't think I'll probably get a chance to speak to Stephen Fry, but I'll give it a go. And uh, yeah, I'm going to keep you updated and give you a bit of a flavour for this this event in, uh, in, in London and, as I say, on the 13th of September. Best known as the voice of the Harry Potter books, he's used his profile to advocate for mental health awareness and LGBTQ plus rights and leveraged his interest in anthropology to tackle topics from the human mind to the psychology of politics. Today, he joins us to share his take on the big theme that's shaping the future of work. Please give a very warm welcome to Stephen Fry. Thank you for that welcome, Matt. Uh, welcome, Matt. It's already funny. Hello, Matt. Thank you for that. Um, what a pleasure to be here. It truly is. Um, I'm going to say some things today which are going to sound pretty terrifying, I think, I hope. Um, and you may think I have nothing but the most pessimistic view of the world and that it's shaping itself. But that isn't true. I'm just putting some, putting some scenarios that uh, might appear insoluble. And I offer 
No solution. That is for you in our question time, perhaps, to suggest. Okay, so it's uh, lunchtime on day one at the Unite conference. Uh, fantastic keynote speech from Stephen Fry. I was I was amazed. I I, I was uh, I've kind of included a little bit of the introduction there, but obviously not the main body of it. But 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 really really insightful. He's he's clearly someone who's who's really thought about this and has been immersed in technology for for some time and really understands the the kind of the the uh, the genesis of AI, but also what it what it's what it's presenting for us. And I think the key message. For from me was that the, the AI is is kind of the genie is out of the bottle, um, and, and and I think Stephen made a, a really important distinction between you know kind of the AI that we're probably familiar with, ChatGPT, which is nothing more than probably kind of a sophisticated autocorrect, as he put it, and then the the, the true AI engines, which are, are are kind of building information and knowledge exponentially. And he raised some really important questions about you know well how do we how do we have kind of primary directive how do we have a moral code uh, and if we apply our own moral values um, to that is that in any way then restricting us from 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 countries and regimes who are going to use AI to to propagate their own ideas and so it was quite it was very very thought provoking and I think the key thing that came for, out for me from that was that when we look at AI and the way that the AI is is developing is that no one is is prepared to take it on there's a fear that that, that governments kind of restricting the use of AI in some way are going to be seen to be um, restricting progress or, or freedom. Um, but the, he used the analogy that, that you know, with airplanes and, and airplane safety, it's high regu highly regulated industry for justifiable reason. Uh, and some of the, the risks and dangers of AI uh, uh, that, that it could present to us and the way that it, it's going to potentially, you know, start to control many, many parts of our lives is something that does need regulation. But, but the, the, the moment no one is talking about it and that we're kind of blissfully plodding along um with with this in the background so really really fantastic conversation really fantastic uh, presentation and if i ever ever get a chance to to hear stephen fry talk about ai and his, his his particular take on it i would definitely recommend it fascinating so anyway i'm going into a panel discussion on internal comms uh in a moment and i'll let you know what that's uh, that's like Okay, so I've just been into a panel discussion around internal comms, future of internal comms. Some great, great speakers uh, and great guests there. Joanna Parsons, um, Brian Vine Vermez, Chris Andrew and Kim England. Um, so really interesting, kind of wide reaching, looked at various number of issues, employee listening, uh, AI again came up, a friend or foe, uh, authenticity in communications, um, and a whole thing around around you know how do we measure measure internal comms that perennial thing, um, I guess that I, what I what I've kind of just sort of summarise on on the, uh, the what the takeaways from that that the, the panelists gave us were that that there's there's kind of a big change on the horizon. Uh, one of the panelists thought that AI will fizzle out, and that and that was an interesting one, particularly in the light of what we'd heard from Stephen Fry. I'm not sure I'm convinced by that. Um, a, a couple of things that re, re, reassured me. A resurgence, resurgence in creativity, um, and and I think that was that was something that really resonated with me. Um, that was from Chris Andrew from from Caber and Hope. He, 
was talking about the fact that, that that you know we need to connect with people rather than just telling them stuff, which I thought was really really good. And and again, Kim England from Pearson came up with a really good one as well, which was around you know we need to get back to simplicity um, and storytelling. And again, and I know storytelling is something we've covered on the show quite a few times in the past. I'm going to try and grab some of these people, uh, uh, some of the panelists, or some of the some of the rest of the delegates, and, and get a few words from them about what they've reflected on on, on this uh, first morning. Okay. Okay, so I'm here with Chantel Ogden from Wipro, who's just delivered a fantastic presentation. Uh, Chantel, tell us who you are and what you do. Well, thank you, first of all, <laughs> for having me here and for those kind words. It was so much fun. This yeah. is a fun conference. It is, like, isn't it? there's an energy here around employee engagement yeah. that you cannot bottle. If yeah. you could bottle, oh, we could make money. Let me tell you, it is a fun conference. Yeah. And I um, I represent Wipro. Yeah. It's a global technology services consulting firm. Yeah. We have 270,000 employees. And about 80% of those are offshore. Yeah. So most of them are in India. Yeah. And I am a global business transformation leader. And I am responsible for helping Wipro transform inside of Wipro. Yeah. So we're doing for ourselves, what we're known to do for clients. Amazing, amazing. And you've come all the way from Nashville in Tennessee to be here. And 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 so if you can, in 30, 60 seconds, just explain what you've just told out, or told the audience out there, because I know that's a lot to fit into 30 seconds or 60 seconds. Just just really brief synopsis of what you talked about. So we went through a journey as a company, and it was about a two-year journey to move from a homegrown intranet to the Unily employee experience platform. Mm. And in today's conversation, we talked about some of the ways that we set the project up for success, including leading with a lot of research and creating user personas and user journeys that we then extrapolated use cases to build the system and blueprint the system. Mm. And then we talked about how we are um, how we launched the system, change management, and the importance of the role of change management in getting user adoption. And that was a really important part for me. You said ten to twenty percent of the of the time is it, it's almost it's like actually the, the budget. It, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's ten to tw so we recommend yeah. as technology consultants. Yeah, and we did this ourselves yeah. internally to spend 10 to 20% of your overall budget on change management. And that's the bit that typically is under-resourced and hence Absolutely. why these things don't deliver right. what they can deliver. Because yeah. if you don't have people using the system, mm. you have a very expensive product sitting mm. there mm. that's not actually providing value. Mm. So we really focused on that. Um, we talked a little bit about some of the um, results mm. of that implementation some of the wins that we've had, some of the continuing journeys that we still have to do. And it was just, again, a fantastic opportunity to share and hear what's on the mind of people when it comes to employee engagement. Fantastic. And just as a, as a final thing, you were telling me when I met you last night, you're, you are a songwriter and performer, and so you, and you love telling stories in your songs, and that kind of carries over into your work. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. So 
I think people say, wow, you're a songwriter. That doesn't make at all sense when it comes to employee experience. But as we were talking about, because you're also a musician, yeah. if you haven't already outed yourself yeah, on the no, podcast. Well, I have now. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But um, there's so many correlations between how you write a song. So you sit down, you think about what's the story, who's the audience, what emotion do I want them to have? What am I moving them? Yeah. What information am I sharing? And then you have to do that in a structured way, in a song. And that's exactly what employee experience is. When you start talking about employee experience, it's about that story. Yeah. You know, it's about telling the story. It's about capturing the story, yeah. right, of, of the employee and then sharing for them, what helps bring them value? What do they need to know in their jobs? Right. So to me, it's a very natural connection, but I feel very grateful to be able to do both because so, I love both things. So I, I can see as, I think, I think I'm going to get you on the show full as a proper interview and we're going to do a, an episode that's going to be titled Songwriting and Internal Communications, okay? So oh, I would love that. Is that okay? Yeah. Right, fantastic. Would be honored. Thank you so much, Chantelle. That was fantastic. Thank you again for a brief conversation afterwards because I think you just come off stage. So much appreciated and enjoy the rest of the conference. Thank you. I hope everybody comes next year. I do too. Thank you. So here I am. I'm going to have to be leaving slightly earlier, unfortunately, because I've got to go to uh, make a conference call. But I've got one of the panelists, which is Joanna Parsons, who did one of the panels earlier on. So I'm just going to hand over to Joanna just to give us, well, I'm going to ask you three questions, Joanna. One was, tell us a little bit about what your panel was about. Just give us a flavor of what we discussed there. Um, uh, then what can he, any takeaways that you've had from the day in general? And then finally, you know, what have you thought about it? What's your reflections on day one and how you found it? Okay, so uh, question one. So I was on a panel called Ask the IC Experts. It was myself and three other IC experts. And we talked about the state of internal communication today, the role that it plays in organizations, where we are with measurement, where we think it's going next year. I had a good rant about um, <laughs> the words best practice. And I argued that I think we need to fall out of love with best practice and embrace curiosity and innovation instead. Uh, for your second question, is that the one, yeah, something I took away? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you taken out of today? Stephen Fry opened the morning. I mean, he's an incredible man and he's so um, erudite and academic without being really far removed mm. from being able to understand him. And he, he said uh, something that will really stick with me that he talked about in the future, we're going to look back at this time when we all had jobs and we yeah. all had to work all day. And he'll be like, that was weird. Why did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> and he also talked about this time when, um, you know, he disappeared off and people were worried about him. And when they came back, they used this phrase and said, oh, Jesus, you've gone a bit off the rails. And he thought about it and went, who the hell wants to live on the rails? Like, that's <laughs> the point of life. So really, really interesting stuff. And overall, the conference is very good. All little details. The event is really well planned. Everyone's really looked after. Um, really, really good. Like, get some thumbs up from me. Yeah, definitely. I just like the idea of having the agenda on your name badge. Makes it so easy. I mean, they could have put it on the app, and they have, but I am just keep looking at this, and it's just really handy, That's isn't it? That's what I'm using yeah. as well. Really, yeah. really convenient. Really cool. Anyway, that's me signing off with Joanna for, the, for today, and I'll be back for tomorrow for day two. 
Okay, so here I am at day two of the Unite conference sponsored by Unily. And uh, yeah, it's really busy already. It's it's about 45 minutes before everything kicks off. Uh, today, we've got a kickoff uh, presentation, keynote from Stephen Bartlett. So those of you in the UK who watch The Dragon's Den will know he's one of the dragons. Uh, so he's an entrepreneur as well. He's also a podcaster. So looking forward to that. He's talking about employee engagement lessons from a CEO so that's going to be that's going to be interesting and then looking across the rest of the, the agenda for today we've got some uh, really good interesting stuff around uh, leadership removing removing the pedestal that's going to be interesting so we've got Charlotte Mulliner from Prudential who's going to be talking about that and then this afternoon there's some sessions around the Unily app itself which uh, which is obviously kind of featuring quite uh, quite heavily here as well and then we've got some stuff around in, um, everything under one roof weaving together a global and regional digital experience so tons of stuff tons of uh, engagement stuff employee engagement lots of digital obviously that's that's a really big big emphasis um it's really noisy so i mean, luckily this this venue they've they've chosen which, which is a great venue has got lots of these little silent booths which is ideal for this sort of thing so i can i can dip out i'm going to try and grab a few more sound bites with some of the from some of the guests and possibly some of the speakers if i can again i doubt whether i'll get anywhere near Stephen Bartlett, um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to today, and I'll uh, I'll keep you updated on on what happens and and all of the lessons and learnings and all the other good stuff that we're going to get. So here I am on day two of Unite 23, and I'm with Trudy Lewis, who's one of the delegates who's here today, and looking forward to today like myself. So Trudy, tell us a little bit about you and what you do, and uh, and and then we'll go on to find out what you what you found enjoyed about yesterday. Okay. Um- Hello, um, I'm Trudy Lewis, as he said. Uh, I'm a communications consultant and an executive coach. And I have a company called Colinear, uh, where I help leaders to have impact and influence through mastering communications. Excellent. Fantastic. So uh, what did you think of yesterday? What did you, what did you, what were your key takeaways from yesterday? I think yesterday was pretty amazing. I mean, I didn't go to all of the sessions. The, the, the most impactful was obviously the keynote with Stephen Fry. Yeah. Uh, I, I love when somebody makes us think yeah. and doesn't just talk about the topic. So, you know, obviously he was given a theme, yeah. uh, but he came in and uh, really made us think quite deeply about AI and some of the things that are coming for the future of work. So I thought that was really, really quite impactful for yeah. me. And then throughout the day, just the camaraderie and, you know, meeting people, seeing people that I know. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good too. It was quite weird actually because on the news this morning, I was watching. I was watching the news while I, I was at a hotel, and there was a, an article around AI and how AI is being used to generate these videos that yeah. kids are watching at school that are full of misinformation, and and it's quite you know it's quite timely and of what after what Stephen was saying yesterday. So, uh, what are you looking forward to today? What, what's your kind of standout things on the agenda today? Obviously, Stephen Bartlett. Um, I thought it's a great opportunity to see and hear from him directly because obviously we're not. All always going to get to do that. Uh, so that's a big part of it. Uh, I'm, I'm looking also to see uh, some of the panels and so on. Love to hear a bit more from Unily and what they do. Yeah. Because uh, that's a new company for me. Um, but yeah, I think the whole format of interview and uh, listening to Stephen Bartlett will probably be the standout moment for yeah. everybody, I think. I think we're all looking forward to that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like with <laughs> an interview with a dragon. Um, uh, and um you're a podcaster as well. So tell, tell my listeners about your podcast and tell us all about it. Where can they find it? What's it called? All of that sort of thing. So we're all, um, it's Comedge Rebels. 
and it's a podcast with uh, three of my, three of us. So Jenny Field, Advita Patel, and myself. Uh, we all run our own businesses, and the the title of the podcast is a nod to our businesses. So uh, Jenny is calm because she talks about from chaos to calm. Advita is um, the rebel because she talks. She, her company is called Comms Rebel, and I'm edged because I have a framework called Edge. Yeah. For my company. So we started it um, about lockdown, but we'd been talking about it from before. Um, we talk constantly on WhatsApp and together. And so we just thought we'd bring some of that conversation to a podcast. So we don't have guests. We just have a conversation around business topics, communications, uh, the fact that we're entrepreneurs. Um, more recently, we've changed it slightly. So it's now more about that personal development, being the being your best self and so on. So that's the focus of it. And we found that kind of it evolved from the place of, you know, how can we be better business people? How can we be better people? Yeah. And um, out of that also, we now run a coaching retreat where we do an intensive day just doing just that, helping people to be their best selves. Awesome. So where, where can we, where can listeners find that? That's on all the usual platforms, iTunes. It's on Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple, and all the other platforms. We have a, a website, carmagerebels.com. Yeah. Uh, so yes, come and find us. <laughs> Excellent. Fantastic. Well, have a fantastic day, Trudy. And uh, yeah, it's been lovely speaking to you over the last couple of days as well. Yeah, really, really interesting uh, conversations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, everybody. So um, the reception to last year's interview was incredible. And when we were spitballing speaker ideas, we just kept coming back to one name, Stephen Bartlett. So we did it. Here to look back at last year's predictions. He's the entrepreneur with businesses disrupting entire industries. He's a dragon on Dragon's Den or Shark Tap for those of you in America. He's also the host of Chart Topping Podcast, The Diary of a CEO. And as of this week, he's a Sunday Times bestseller. Here to look back at last year's predictions and go deeper on content, communication, and culture. Please welcome back to the night stage, Stephen Butler. Okay, so in this first clip, we're going to hear what Stephen Bartlett's got to say about authenticity. You look about what authenticity is, right? Authenticity, in my mind, is inevitably the opposite of conformity. So it should disrupt something. I'll give you both sides of that argument. So why it should be disruptive? I sat with Jane Warren, who's the founder of Demologica, which is in 100 countries around the world. And I remember her saying to me, you need to piss off 80% of people to get to your 20% of people. She goes, if we don't piss off 80% of people, we don't turn on our 20% of people. She's one of the most successful founders I've ever interviewed. She's not saying intentionally go and be provocative and piss people off. She is saying that in the pursuit of being yourself and standing up for the values that you have, inevitably, if you stand up for them strong enough, you're going to stand against another group of people. And that's an inevitability of actually being yourself in this world. If you, if you want to conform, you'll disrupt nothing. So in this clip, Stephen Bartlett's going to be telling us about what his opinions are around connectivity at work and how the pandemic and remote working has affected that. Um, we've seen this huge decay in institutions that bring us together, whether it's pubs or churches or whatever else. But at the same time, I can give you all the stats on loneliness. I mean, loneliness is, increases your chance of death by 14%. It's the same, um, same dangerous smoking. Cortisol levels go up. Um, your blood pressure goes up, your chance of heart disease increases because the body goes into a state of self-preservation. You think about if you lost your tribe 10,000 years ago, you'd have to be a bit more alert and a bit more raised. You also get colder. And I mean that in both senses of the word. 
you become an arsehole. But, <laughs> but in one of the more fascinating studies, people actually get their arms to record a time when they felt lonely, and then they're asked to predict the room temperature. They actually feel colder than people who weren't asked to just record. It's a really, really dangerous view. So with that as a first principle belief, in my knowledge that at the very bottom level of Maslow's hierarchy of needs should be connection, I think it's actually a huge advantage to make people feel connected at work. And I think that's going to be a growing opportunity to cause connection in work, which is to build con in connections within the community. At my previous business, I used to cake the eye, our head of happiness, on how many clubs we had, how many communities we had. Do we have a women's football team? Do we have a reading club? Not only do I know that make people feel great, it makes them more engaged with the mission. I'm going back to the point on stress. They experience workplace stress less when they experience it with people. So the conversation with Stephen then went on to look at what is trust and how do we build trust within our organization and what is it that sometimes undermines that trust as well? Trust decays when people don't have clarity and things are ambiguous. Yeah. The best thing any company can do is really just set out who they are and stop doing like stop saying one thing that is different and, and doesn't correlate with their expectation. And it feels like people can do that. Right? There's kind of sometimes in companies there's like this unspoken set of rules and then there's the spoken set of rules that does so much damage to trust um, i hope in my businesses that people know what's, what the expectation is and i hope actually they know it before they ever accept the job yeah we should do a huge make a huge effort to dissuade people not to work here yeah. by being as honest as we can and as you know there's been a little bit going off today <laughs> Maybe um as you know in a company it takes if you hire if you make a bad hire because you persuade someone to join you that when it wasn't right for them, it cost you about, about mm, I'm going to say 18 months. So like six months to hire them, six months to figure out that they need to go, six months to find someone else. Yeah. So do a tremendous job of clarity and dissuasion in the interview process to make sure it's right for them and it's right for you. Stephen was then asked about one of the recurring themes of this conference, which is artificial intelligence, AI, and Stephen gave his opinions on how he perceives it and when asked whether he thought it was a threat or an opportunity. AI as a topic is, is super important. And uh, when something is causing, you said pessimism, but when something isn't causing pessimism, I probably shouldn't care about it because pessimism is a result of cognitive dissonance. And cognitive dissonance, which is a term founded by Leon Feisinger, um, is what happens when something external conflicts with what we know and it, and it threatens people's identities. I remember um, a friend of mine told me the story of a famous CEO of a record store. He stood above the record store and said, we'll always be in business because people love music. And I have it on good authority that he was repeatedly told about the advent of digital music and he completely dismissed it and would talk about it. He was right, people do love music but they don't love getting a car for an hour and having to get a plastic piece of a circle plastic disc. So they did love music, but because of his dissonance, he just completely ignored that. I mean, Steve Ballmer is another example. The iPhone 15 came out yesterday. He said it wouldn't get market share. And he laughed in that interview. Again, that was a, a, a consequence of dissonance. I was laughed out of rooms when I tried to ask a certain brand to start a Facebook page some 12 years ago. We're going to go viral and people can comment on us and we can't control that? Totally laughed me out of the room. Yeah, that brand doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. That was dissonance. I now believe that if there isn't a huge amount of pessimism in an area, then no one feels threatened. If no one feels threatened, it's probably not a significant innovation. So our strategy and our philosophy towards business is always to lean in. When ChatGPT came out, we had an emergency meeting that day in the middle of the office, and then I said we changed a couple of things so that Friday, everyone would share their adoption of ChatGPT, how it made their jobs easier. 
Um, we think you want to be lean-in people, especially in a world that Ray Kurzweil predicts is going to change at an increasingly alarming rate. If you're 11 now by the age of 60, you'll experience one year's change in 11 days. We'll experience 20,000 years change in the 21st century. The discussion then went on to look at hierarchy and the role of hierarchy, whether we have very command and control cultures within organizations or it's very democratic. And Stephen used an excellent example of idea schemes, something that I've experienced um, when he when he talks about the fact that idea schemes don't need just to be complaints box. They actually need to be ideas that the employees themselves can actually Im- get involved in implementing themselves. So really good response here from Stephen. Toyota win because they get the bottom level to, to do the suggestions. And most importantly of all, you have to see it through. So when people make suggestions, it's not those bitchy suggestion boxes we all have in our offices where people just slide off the CEO. <laughs> because the suggestion has to go in the box practical because you're going to have to do it. So it's not, I hate this office music, why uh, carry it, why we play her. It's not that. It's, I think we should have Spotify jukebox so everybody can pick their own music. It's practical. Um, and that means they get way more suggestions, they beat their competition for year after year, and uh, their innovation is far precedes everyone else. And also, in the studies they did, people were much more engaged because they felt hurt, so they felt more attached to the mission. In this penultimate clip, Stephen goes on to talk about communication when asked about internal communication and the role that internal communicators play in building culture and trust within the organisation. Much of the issues I, I see in companies that I run or that I've invested in is, is relates back to communication, poor communication. Um, not not least when, so it, it doesn't matter if you don't do what. You, this is going to sound weird, but let me finish. It doesn't necessarily trust isn't broken when you don't do what you say. Trust is broken when you don't do what you said you were going to do, and then you don't basically explain why it didn't happen. Because in companies, I think we all understand that sometimes things won't go to plan. Like, like a reasonable human understands that. But I remember reading a big article many, many years ago that stayed with me that said, that's not where the, the decay of trust happens. It happens when you don't deliver on the promise and then you never mention why. Closing that loop can actually restore trust. Standing in front of your team saying, here are the promises we meant. Here are the ones we kept and here are the ones we missed. Here's why we didn't keep these ones and we weren't able to. That actually is trust building. And I think people sometimes think to be have a high trust organization, you just need to always do what you say. It's not possible. It's really not possible. You can be as well intentioned as you want. Sometimes you miss. In this final clip from Stephen Bartlett's keynotes, he goes on to talk about his own principles and the principles of the businesses that he runs and owns. I just thought this was a fascinating insight into the mind of an entrepreneur. Uh, And also, I just thought it was an interesting contrast from some of the principles and guiding values that we, we see in a lot of the big corporates, how tangible and accessible and easy for people to understand what is expected of them in these principles that uh, Stephen articulates. I believe people, my team members will be happy if we meet five characteristics. Characteristic one is a sense of forward motion. They need a sense of forward motion. We all are built with that sense of forward motion. The fact that we're sat in this room and it's being live streamed with that amazing camera over there is a byproduct of this message that's written into your ancestors' genes that you two shall move forward. Our ancestors built things and create things, and that's why they survive. They have that within them. When people don't have a sense of forward motion in their work, they will resign within six months. Simply what, what happens, they need to be challenged, which is, again, um, people think it's a bit of a strange one, but you know, you look at motivation psychology, you wouldn't do a video game on the same level of difficulty every day. There's a reason why video games increase in difficulty to keep you engaged. If round the studies, if something doesn't challenge you, you'll resign and you'll quit. If something is way too challenging, you'll resign and you'll quit. 
So knowing that the depth of challenge, the growth zone for each member of your team is critical. We need that sense of challenge. Um, number three, I'd say, is we need high autonomy in our work. Physiologically, um, there's real significant health consequences if you don't feel like you have autonomy and control over your work. But again, there's psychological consequences, which means your, your people will quit. Um, you need a subjectively meaningful goal. And I use the word subjective because the goal, the reason why Holly is in my team is not the same reason why Jack is in my team. I don't care why you're here as long as you have a reason. As long as there's something. Holly might say, oh, I just love the impact the podcast has. Jack is obsessed with cameras and production. That's why he's here. Great. As long as every single, it goes back to what I said about Jordan in my team, like I should be able to go to every member of my team and say, where are we going and why does it matter to you? And that's the subjectively meaningful goal to them. And lastly, which is maybe the most important of all, is you have to be surrounded by a group of people you like, a supportive community, because we can all probably recall jobs where we had control, we fucking loved the day, um, sense of forward motion progress, we work with ourselves. <laughs> and it was a bad job. It was a bad job because of the people we work with. So that supportive community is integral to you enjoying, enjoying the work. And that's the multiplier of all the other things I've said. The work becomes more meaningful when you're doing it with a group of people you like. So I hope you found those clips interesting. It was a fantastic keynote speech. I've tried to capture the essence of them. Uh, I was just recording it on my phone, the, 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 some of the sections that uh, really appealed to me. So I hope the audio is okay and you can hear you can hear it okay. I, I thought it was uh, definitely worth giving it a go, though, because I think some of the things that Stephen talked about and shared with us were, were really, really compelling and a uh, fantastic presenter. Def, definitely thoroughly recommend uh, if you ever get a chance to see him speak or, or engage with him, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a very authentic guy. Um, I saw him stick around at the end for ages, just talking to people. He wasn't one of these kind of keynote speakers who can't wait to get out of the place. He he hung around, and all of the people who I I um, I spoke to who who had actually had a chance to speak to him, I didn't. Uh, said he he was really engaging and and not at all you know kind of uh, superficial so really really great guy and uh, yeah Stephen Bartlett thoroughly thoroughly recommend if you ever get the opportunity to uh, engage with him to do so so we're halfway through day two of the Unite 23 conference the um, the keynote this morning was Stephen Bartlett which was absolutely fantastic incredible chap really in, in, compelling a uh, person who's able to to kind of talk through some fantastic ideas about the way he he runs his businesses and his philosophies behind how he manages his own teams. I'm um, hopefully have been able to use some of the some little sound bites from that uh, in the uh, in the podcast in this episode. Uh, I haven't had a chance to listen back to that yet, so uh, uh, hopefully that's that you'll have already heard some of those those things that that Stephen was talking about. I've also just been to a, a, a brief presentation um, around removing the pedestal for leadership from Charlotte Mulliner from Prudential, which was which was good. Uh, they've done a lot of work there at Prudential, which is an, an insurance company, a global insurance company around making their leaders more visible and using the uh, the Unilead platform uh, obviously which is which is kind of the sponsors for this event so that was really good that was really interesting so um yeah a few more things this afternoon and then it'll be wrapping up and heading home and uh, yeah so far it's been great we've spoken to quite a few of the delegates not not uh, recorded all of those conversations but sort of every everyone seems to be very very positive really enjoyed it it's been very very relevant um and I can you know kind of some of the recurring themes I think have been definitely around technology, which is inevitable given given that the, the, the sponsors are a technology company, but also AI, and I guess that's a, a real 
um, thing that everybody's talking about at the moment, everybody's thinking about and and kind of scared of, but also uh, intrigued by at the same time. So yeah, that's that's definitely been something that all, all of the all of the guests have, have mentioned in some shape or form. So I'll give you an update at some point this afternoon. Maybe grab a few more sound bites with a few of the few of the people who are here, and uh, and I'll kind of do a wrap up later on today. So here I am on the nearly the end of the uh, Unite 23 conversation with Kaz Hassan, who's actually one of the Unily, uh, Unily team. I've not actually spoke to anyone from Unily yet. So yes. Kaz, <laughs> tell me all about um, how you found the, the last couple of days as someone who's I, been involved in organising it. Yes, um, I've honestly had the best time. So um, we really wanted to be in a, a proper employee experience conference. So Unily may be known for their tech, but we really wanted to create a distinct brand with Unite. We're now in our fourth year, I believe. Um, and with big names like Stephen Bartlett, Grace Beverly, Stephen Fry, of course, that inspirational keynote, it was really important for me that A, we inspire employee experience professionals. When it comes to those customer experience conferences, there's so much effort put into them. Mm. We can't have the same old internal communicators talking about the same topics. What we want is to really reinvigorate that yeah. with people with different perspective, alternative opinions, debates, um, expert panels. And so we've tried to weave in inspirational keynotes, debates and expert panels, as well as those like customer case studies that you can apply day to day. And I hope we've really, yeah. uh, <laughs> I hope you've really got a good blend of that. Um, but from my perspective, it's been really successful. You kind of forget the value of these in-person events, don't yeah, you? <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so it's, Half of the value is not from the content you're getting. It's actually from the conversation, digesting a session and discussing it after and being yeah. like, oh, did you agree how they did that? Um, it was really great. There was an internal SEO approach that we saw about WSP. Yeah. And we're really starting to see that marketing mindset come through into employee experience professionals yeah. and internal communicators. And it shows it's having an impact because it's those people that are adopting that savvy mindset that are we're finding are engaging people better. So yeah, I'm really proud. <laughs> no, it's been fantastic. And I mean, just thank you from me for inviting me and also the offer that you made to our listeners, you know, that we put on the podcast yes. on their behalf. No worries. Uh, so we're thank really you so much. No, here, no, no, it's been fantastic. My first Unite, hopefully not my last, and I'd uh, love to be yes. here next year. So you uh, definitely yeah, will be back. So yeah, look forward to it. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Kaz. And thanks thank for everything you, so much, you, you and your team have done. I know there's been a lot of, lot of involvement from your yes. organization, obviously, and, and you've done a phenomenal job. Oh, so thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I've just been to my final session at Unite 23, a session on engaging your frontline workers. Really uh, interesting, a couple of people there, got a guy called Mark Whittingham from Holland and Barrett and Debbie Braden from Calibre Collison, um, talking about their use of, uh, of technology, but also some of the challenges they've got, got they've, between them they had, well, Mark, Holland and Barrett had 600 different sites um, and Debbie Calibre Collison had... Um, had around 1700 different sites so lots of people working away a lot of frontline people working in retail also in distribution centers that sort of thing again anyone who's, who's got a lot of deskless workers will relate to and we've covered that on the show in the past so yeah lots of issues they talked about not not everybody wants technical solutions not everybody uses apps or, or smartphones um you know given the demographic they talked about some of the issues with time obviously people those people tend to be uh, very conscious of their time and 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 what what's working and what isn't and and getting them to sort of factor in 
communications into that as part of their work is, is a challenge. Obviously, making sure that managers have got the tools they need in order to be able to, to communicate with frontline workers, a key key component in communicating with deskless workers is their relationship with their manager. Uh, and a real, again, a real basic, I guess, for communicators, but I think something that's really important to just remember is, is differentiating between, between what they need to know to be able to do their job and what is just kind of nice stuff for them to know. And and obviously the differentiation between the kind of core core business stuff and the local stuff as well that, that it just really make, makes it, make, it makes it really relevant for them. So that was a good session. So that's the final session. I'm heading off back to the, the station to head home soon. So kind of signing off on this episode. I hope you found it interesting. Uh, it's been a really interesting conference. Um, it's a while since I've been to an event like this, a two-day or anyway. I've been to a few conferences here and there, but a two-day conference, very intensive, very, very uh, kind of intellectual, but but it, not in a kind of a, a kind of an academic way, in a very practical way. Meeting and talking to inspirational people has been great, and I've just tried to bring a few of their voices uh, to, to you as well and give you a flavour for it. And I think you know my reflection on on it is is there's a lot of recurring themes. AI has been a massive part of this uh, this conference, and obviously time will tell whether AI is something that we are still talking about in uh, in years to come or whether it's one of those passing fads. I suspect it is something that is going to be quite uh, quite important. It's going to have quite a big impact on us, but I think we're still just trying to work out what that might be. So, um, so yeah, so it's been great. It's been great to just actually get out and get some new perspectives. I think, you know, we're all working, many of us now working from home quite a lot. And um, even though we're maybe on endless calls with our colleagues, I think it's sometimes we forget the benefit of just listening to diverse perspectives, talking to people in different situations, seeing yourself um, and, and getting a chance to, to sort of get a, get, get a feel for what, what are some of the issues that people are dealing with. And, and I've really enjoyed that and uh, again I said it to Kaz earlier in the interview I had with Kaz really grateful for Unily um, you know they invited me along to this um, y- you know they were great enough to give me a, a free ticket I, 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 I invited some of my listeners some of you our listeners to along and we, we gave us a generous code for that to, to hopefully uh, uh, some of you be able, were able to take that up but um, yeah it's been really good really enjoyed it and uh, back to the normal interview episodes next week um, back to the normal schedule we've got an, an interview uh, uh, with uh, Jennifer Kripner looking at organisational burnout. That's going out next week. So this uh, this is a one-off bonus episode, which I hope you've enjoyed. So thank you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Engaging Internal Comms podcast. If you've got any ideas for episodes you'd like us to cover in future, you can email us at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk or you can use the feedback form at engagingic.com. If you're not already subscribed to the show via your podcast platform, please do so. And if you could leave a review for us, that would be absolutely fantastic. We have links to other episodes at engagingic.com. All of our previous episodes are available there. And if you're interested in our visual communication services, our big pictures, our learning maps, our explainer videos, and also our live graphic recording, please get in touch with us again at info at thebigpicturepeople.co.uk. Thank you.